Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carlos Rodella. And we are here to talk about mainly The Incredible Hulk from 2008, directed by Louis Leterrier, starring Edward Norton, Liv Tyler, Tim Roth, and William Hurt. But before we talk about that, let's talk about the 2003 Hulk, directed by Ang Lee, with Eric Bana, Jennifer Connelly, Sam Elliott, and Nick Nolte. Yes. And you had a few thoughts on that. Yeah, I hadn't seen this uh, for a long time, and I didn't rewatch it, but I did uh, get a hot take from YouTube, because there is a lot of great YouTube videos that just do quick summary of a, of a whole movie. And I saw this one from YouTuber Nolan Dean, and it was pretty much saying like, hey, here's what's unique about this 2003 version of Hulk. There's a lot of shortcomings, and the graphics, if you remember, aren't awesome when it comes to the <laughs> CG. But uh, what's interesting is they made it their own unique movie. Well, Ang Lee did. And the production is more like about uh, a really dark concept and, and, and subject matter, which is abuse. And the father abusing the kid, and that's kind of like a memory. And then this Hulk is this thing that comes out of, you know, Bruce Banner in, in a, basically a defiance uh, of his dad, David Banner. And so there's that whole plot line that is really explored as well as the whole movie is really kept to a small area. And it isn't like a, let's go down to the city and smash it all up. It's more like, let's figure out why, you know, what's the conflict here. And it's actually with the dad, which I'm not saying it doesn't get a little hokey because the dad like grabs electrical wires and <laughs> becomes kind of electricity itself. But you know what I mean? So it's, a, I think it's a smaller movie. And I, that was an interesting take that I didn't really remember. It is a smaller movie in that it's just, first of all, it's not about the, it doesn't take place in the Marvel universe per se. It's in its own little world. You can imagine a, a different universe where the Universal Studios version of Hulk stays under their copyright. And they make other movies that are kind of similar to the Hulk TV series, which interestingly enough is where Incredible Hulk starts the 2008 film. Mm-hmm. And I think your points about the kind of smallness of the movie, the focus of the movie, to put it a different way, is really more powerful than Incredible Hulk because you get this sense of this family interaction that's causing this Hulk out to happen. And because of that, psychologically, I think it makes more sense. It just kind of feels neater from that standpoint. There's, There's a lot about this movie that's messy. Yeah, but the core of this movie, I think, is very interesting. Yeah, and I very so. kind of real feeling. Yeah, and in, in like you said, it's uh, it's focusing on one concept, and it it yeah, it gets messy sometimes though, because I've watched some of the scenes and I'm like, whoa, what are they doing there? Like like you said, if they just kept to their own devices and made like these types of Marvel movies, like they each would be their own encompassing thing, and that might be interesting, but it could also be you know, messy. Yeah. You didn't talk at all about Ang Lee's filmmaking style either, which is to me the best thing about the movie because it's so visually inventive. It really is unique and unlike any other movie I've seen, which I guess is another way of saying it's unique. Uh, Because Lee does these amazing things where he will put a bunch of juxtaposed images right next to each other in boxes 
and then zoom in, zoom out. There's a great scene where Lee zooms in on the blood samples and you can see the blood samples kind of turn into hulking creatures as we watch them. There's a lot of really clever film work there that that none of the Marvel movies has. And that actually feels kind of refreshing after watching four or five of the Marvel movies because this, this, the, the visual panache is exciting. Yeah, that's right. It's I mean, it's it's the filmmaker. It's the director, right? Like it's it's there's other um, sections of this movie that are going to be displayed how he wants it to be displayed. Right. So that's but I'm not sure if just by rewatching scenes and I, I didn't rewatch the whole movie. I'm not sure if it lends itself well to the Incredible Hulk, though. You know, like I don't know, you know, because I know what he's going for and what he's done in the past with the movies. And we talked about directors before on the show, but like a director can be, you know, an incredible visionary and you go, wow, this is an amazing way to see the subject matter. But I just don't know. Again, I haven't rewatched it, but it didn't seem like it fully did whatever he was trying to do. I'm not sure. Smallness of the movie argues with against being a, the movie that you kind of want it to be mm-hmm. because it, it, what we, at least what we saw in the Marvel movie is that it is a bigger movie. It spans the globe. It has a lot going on in it. It kind of implies a larger world. This is a lot smaller film kind of by design. And that does make it feel a little more choked off. It is more true to the original TV series for what it's worth. Which is interesting because in the 2008 version, if we want to jump there already, they do start the whole thing and it feels like TV show. So uh, what did you make of, what did you think of the scene set in the favela? Favela is what now? <laughs> <laughs> the, I don't know what the what Brazilian shanty town. Oh yeah, no. Well, before we get there, let's just start at the very beginning. Okay. Because the intro is the, his whole origin story. Mm-hmm. The intro of this movie, like while credits are rolling, or while credits are yeah rolling in the beginning, it is all the intro of how you know he became the Hulk and all this kind of bad stuff he did. He hurt Liv Tyler, which by the way I'll only refer to as Liv Tyler this whole movie. Or this whole review of the movie because yes, it's Betty, but to me, I just I can't not see Liv Tyler. I'm like, that's Liv Tyler. Yeah. So he hurts her, you know, the beginning. He's got these powers. They get all mad at him. He leaves. And then, yeah, like you said, he's in this, what you call it? It's a favela, I think you call it. Favela, yeah. In Brazil. He's in Brazil, yeah. hiding away. I didn't like it. Like what's interesting about this whole movie is it's similar to we were just talking about, it could have been a shorter, smaller focus concept like Ang Lee's instead it goes the kind of huge Marvel route where it's going to be a lot of explosions, a lot of action, but also it has, it feels like it has zero heart. It has zero like core to it. And in the beginning, it, it tries to be like the TV show. I feel like with its quick intros and stuff. And here's, here's what it means to be a struggling person with these powers. And then now you're in the middle of nowhere well, not in the middle of nowhere, but in a really actually big crowded city. But he's like hiding out and he's talking to someone online to basically help him get a, you know, antidote. But just felt like I felt so detached, right? From the character because I'm like, what is, what am I watching? He, just someone, I'm watching Edward Norton hiding out. Yeah, there's really nothing compelling about the character from that standpoint. Like we get that he's kind of on the run from himself in a way. But they never play with that kind of psychological element in a way that really makes it more compelling. And the kind of emotional thrust of the movie is with the Jennifer Connelly character against her dad, 
against the William Hurt character. Mm -hmm. That's where the tension is. So it feels like it's a little bit off on the side. There's really no arc to Bruce, except that he's trying to not allow himself to get angry and destroy everything around him. Right. And he doesn't want these powers. Like that's the first and main thing you need to know. And the only thing you need to know about Edward Norton's characters, he just doesn't, he wants to get rid of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Norton's a, a fine actor, but he just, there is a coldness to him, right? There's a reason why they recast the, the actor as Paul Rudd. Or excuse me, not Paul Rudd. Uh, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. I'm going to cut that out too. Oh, really? Okay. Mark it's Ruffalo. Funny. But there's a reason they cast the character as Mark Ruffalo because Ruffalo is more endearing. Yeah. He, he just sells the character better. Norton on a run also, like it's never convincing that he's the former scientist on the run. You know, he's working this menial job in the factory in Brazil and it just never quite works in that from that standpoint either. Like you never get the sense that he's like a Tony Stark level intelligence in this movie. Yeah, exactly. He's just like on the computer going like, hey, can you random person, Mr. Blue, help me? And then, you know, it's just back and forth. He's like cut, cutting up flowers, you know, like it, it, none of it's believable really. So, and again, uh, to what you said, Ed Norton is a great actor and I loved him in Fight Club and I loved him in a lot of things, but not this, like this just doesn't feel like his movie. And I remember that when I first saw it, um, but it just became much more apparent when I rewatched it. By the way, also before we forget, in the bottle factor, he drops blood from, he got cut or something. And then we later flash forward to find out that Stan Lee drinks it. Right. Which is hilarious. <laughs> That's the best Stanley cameo, I think. Yeah, he's actually in the movie like for a thing and they like talk about it. They're like, this guy like in New Jersey <laughs> drank some blood. Um, that was so smart. Oh my God, I love that. This whole movie, by the way, another overview thing before we get into further, um, is it's just running. <laughs> I um, remember that from last time and I go, this that's the one where he just, Ed Norton just runs from things, right? And then explosions <laughs> happen. That's what this movie is. He's just always running. There's military. It's a very actiony, military-focused movie. And not to give it a kind of a one note right now, but like it just feels like a boring action fest running thing. And every once in a while, Liv Tyler's there to be like, yeah, like you said, like some emotional thing where each either she's emotional yelling at her dad or emotional with, you know, Bruce. So I do want to say, I like the fact the film, there's a big bit of controversy around it. I like the fact the film took place in the beginning at a different place in the world. A place I didn't really have a mental picture of. Mm -hmm. A place in Brazil that really comes to life in this movie there is a vividness to this movie right and works really well on large screen seeing the town that he's in in the same way that you know we're watching falcon and winter soldier right now in the same way latvia comes to life because they're displaying it so much on the screen yeah yeah it, the, this element of virtual tourism again like we've talked about before is exciting and it it I realize it's a very distorted view of Brazil, but just taking that one neighborhood, I think was really interesting. Yeah, no, it's cool. And and for that purpose, it's, it's well shot, you know, and I, and I feel like, you know, again, we want to be there, that virtual tourism you're saying uh, it's, it's a really cool place and it definitely comes alive and the bad guys that are there in quotes, bad guys and the kind of tension you feel with him even being there and trying to learn the language 
Oh, that's pretty cool. Again, it just doesn't do anything for me with the movie and the fact that I know that I'm watching Hulk. You know, like, it's hard for me not to think that. Um, and I just don't feel like it added anything. I, I agree that it looked cool. And it is definitely like really like uh, believable, you know, however they shot it was, it was great, but yeah. 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 It was, it was part of Iron Man that Tony is in Afghanistan. It makes sense. It all fits the storyline. Right. Bruce could have been anywhere in the world, really. Yep. That's perfect. It doesn't tie to his character arc again. And it comes back to this flaw you identified earlier that there is no real arc to him in the same way that there is in the first movie. An interesting other thing they do that no, I don't know if any other Avengers or Hulk movie has done or any superhero movie really, but they really treat him like a monster. You know, like when they finally get the first reveal, you know, in, in an Avengers movie, seeing the Hulk is a throwaway. You're like, yeah. oh, there he is. There's Bruce Banner, there's a Hulk. Um, and that, in this one, it's like Batman. Like when you first see Batman and, and Tim Burton's Batman or when it's like Jaws or something. Like everyone's like, where is he? Mm -hmm. Is he over there? And then when they show him, by the way, kudos to the graphics. I think the CG is actually pretty cool looking. I know it's like, it's supposed to be Edward Norton or whatever, but at times in the dark, it looked cool. A little scary Hulk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was more of a monstery thing though. And again, that also didn't fit. Like, I don't know what, what I don't know what this movie's going for. Cause it's an action movie. It's trying to do little teeny bits of emotion and then it's really like a scary, like you're afraid of this Hulk. Well, the third act, it just becomes a monster fight fest. Yes. And it, it loses any trust or momentum it had before that because I just didn't need to see the Tim Roth character turn into this other monster and the two monsters fight. Like there's no way to the Roth character either. He's just kind of this lieutenant to William Hurd as Thunderbolt Ross. And, um, I just never cared about him at all. We never given a reason to care about him at all. Yeah, let's talk about him because he shows up uh, early on. We didn't even mention him, but he shows up early on to be basically like, you know, go rescue or go uh, capture this guy. And then they find out, like I said, that he's a monster. And they're like, whoa. But at some point he um, assumes the role of taking all these shots, these experimental shots, which, by the way, I just got in my vaccine. And I was like, ooh, that one looks like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it goes in and, and he starts changing, but like kind of for the worse, like yeah. turning into like a bad monster, like a, yeah, uncomfortable one. Yeah. So that the starts really abomination. Yes. Uh, but he turns into what's the actual monster's name? I'm look, trying to look it up. It is the abomination. Oh, it's the, that's the name of it. Yeah. I thought he was a, a different one. And I, okay. I kept trying to place who that was. I don't never. I've never heard of the abomination in comics, but I'm sure you have. He's a big green lizardy dude. Wait, maybe I've always seen him. I've just never known his name. Fair enough. Okay, well, in this movie, it's Tim Roth. Yeah, and yeah. He, he just doesn't sell the part well. No, and I like Tim Roth as well, you know, but not in this. It's like not in this. the casting director. Let's just talk about him or her because that's where the problem lies, really. I mean, I like almost everyone in the cast. I'm not a big Liv Tyler fan. But I'm William Hurt's been in a million good movies. Yeah, but he's such a one note in this. It's like, of course, you know exactly everything he's going to say before he says it. Yeah. He, you know what I mean? He's just clipped and bit off and just barking everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Nolte overacts like hell in the first movie. Yes. And he's annoying as F. 
Uh, he's annoying as fuck. I don't need to censor myself. <laughs> but uh, at least he's interesting. Yeah, he's not like just cookie cutter. Could be any other sergeant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, also speaking of Liv Tyler and the sergeant, Liv Tyler always gets hurt in this movie. <laughs> like she's like hurt in the beginning, the cr- like the opening credits. Then later on, she gets hurt again. And then this time we were talking about when they go attack her at the college or go attack Hulk at the college, she's like an explosion. And then near the end, she's in a helicopter and it almost explodes. Right. Like she's like, she should probably just leave him. <laughs> like, she should probably not be around. Which, Might by the be way, a good has... breakup. Yeah. 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 You know, I can see her. She's not even married to Bruce. I mean, it'd be that that's the greatest divorce ever, right? Oh, yeah. By the way, another fun fact, uh, when he, uh, she comes back in his life or he comes back into hers and he, uh, she finally sees him in the restaurant, she's on like a date, I guess, or something. And she's with that guy from Modern Family. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. It was before it Modern Family, of course. Yeah, but, but like, it didn't fit. Like, I mean, the, the, you know, they didn't belong together. Come on. <laughs> Am I supposed to believe that? I never bought that she wanted to be back with Bruce either, though. That's true. Yeah, you're not, You're right. She's like just protective of him. The whole time. Yeah. I never felt that there was passion between them. Yeah, you're right. They did have sex though, right? I think they did in the movie. They did, yeah. And the yeah, because they they actually show both of them getting out of bed at, at different points hmm. with no clothes on. She tried to get him those purple pants. I thought that was another fun nod. The giant well, the, the giant purple shorts and stuff. That was the one one of the few bits of the movie I thought was really fun. That's from old school Hulk, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. The more they can pull in the old school comic stuff, the more I like it. Another side story real quick before we leave and get to the ending here, which was just an abomination. Ooh, well played. Is they meet Mr. Blue at some point, and that's basically how the abomination, abomination, can, oh, I said it right so, the first right? time. That's the other thing. It's like such a hard thing to say. Well, Mr. Blue meets this guy, Tim Roth, and he gives him more of the uh, banner's blood, actually, and turns him into this thing. But uh, in the rewatch of like I rewatched a clip or something, I someone was saying in a summary that he got some of Banner's blood in him too. So he is Doctor Leonard Sampson, and okay. in comics he becomes this long-haired, like literally got the be- he's got the beautiful mullet going for him, uh, hero who fights the Hulk. So he gets oh. his own gamma radiation. So if there had been a sequel, they could have been buddies. In fact, you know, if, if this movie had been made so long ago, you could see him being part of the next generation of Avengers. Right. But he never will be now because this movie is lost to time and out of the MCU and it's not part of it. Although we'll talk about it at the end, it almost is part of it. It's not even on Disney+. Plus. I know I had to rent it and I did. I did it for this podcast. Isn't that strange? Thank you. Three ninety nine. $3.99. Oh. Some of the movies on yeah. this uh on this uh, series I'll rewatch fully. Some I'll like have take liberties with, let's just say, and skip around a bit. And some I'll watch a summary. I'm just putting that out there for our listeners. But this one I watched um, pretty much most of it. Um, and yeah, near the end, it's just this like uh King Kong versus Godzilla. Like it's just they're gonna fight each other and smash up a city now. King Kong versus Godzilla is just fun and ridiculous and crazy and super enjoyable for what it is. This is just kind of, again, just kind of meh. Very meh. I was doing other things. In fact, if I think if Ang Lee had directed that part, it would have been pretty fucking great. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess what I want is kind of a merger between these two movies with the auteur at the helm doing something different. I mean, Louis Leterrier did some other pretty decent movies. Yeah. Well, the director did, of this movie. Yeah, he did Transporter and Transporter 2. Certainly okay. The super entertaining movies. Action-based. He's a very action-based director, yeah. it sounds like. He, he did the remake of Clash of the Titans. Uh, okay. Hmm. So, you know, he, he, you can see why they chose him. He, he had some chops, but just never quite works. To your point, I think this is a good kind of um, some kind of summary to come down to is like, I'm also with you in the fact that if you take both these movies and take parts out of each of them, we, I would like to see what that is for the MCU instead of just being what's happening now, which is entertaining, but any MCU movie is very similar to the other one. Yeah. Right. And so it's hard to, to distinguish them between each other. And they're not even they're not even trying to be separate movies. Right. Because we both love movies. And I, I feel like they're just like servicing the story and plot line lots of times. Yeah, that's not necessarily a criticism because that's exactly what they want to do out of it. Right. Out yeah, the, I know. Out of the MCU, right? It's about creating the universe. That's what people want. And believe me, I like it. I'm just saying it is interesting yeah. to have these side stories because both of us love you know, comics and comic book characters. And I'd like to see the, the other things. Like I always wanted to see a black and white, like Batman or Spider-Man, just a full black, white movie, you know, with like gritty, just grittiness. Like um, I've never got to see the dark Knight, like Frank Miller's dark Knight. Mm -hmm. I want to see that movie. And people say, Oh, dark Knight was made. Fuck you. No, it wasn't. Well, there's an animated version of it. Yeah, I know, but it's not the same. I want like, you know, gritty face, a little bit, maybe even half CG because it's like so intense. Um, yeah, I just want the Dark Knight. But that being said, uh, I didn't like this movie is what I'm trying to get down to. <laughs> Let's get down to the score. All right. What's oh, wait, wait. Tony Stark, Tony Stark does show up in the end of this movie. Yeah. For a change, it was great to see Robert Downey and like it totally livened up the movie. It's literally like the last thing, though, like yeah. five last four minutes of the whole film. Oh, wait, it is an MCU movie. <laughs> yeah, it's an inessential cameo. Yeah, he's like, I, I want, I might want this guy for the Avengers. All right, let's start with the 2003 Hulk. Oh, On our 10 both? scale. Oof. I wasn't prepared to rate both of them. Okay, I give that you go one. First. So, uh, well, I will rate both of them right up front. I'll give that one. A three and a half. Wait, can you go do one of us is keeping score, right? What did we give the last movie? Do you remember? What was the last movie? Iron Man 2. And we gave it low scores. Like we three. both gave it fours, I think. Either okay. threes or fours. Threes or fours. And you just said what for the first one? I give the 2005 Hulk a 3.5. 2003 Hulk, but yes. 2003 Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I just threw a bunch of numbers at you. Well, no, because I'm thinking either a three or three and a half and uh the 2008 hulk gosh i want to give it 2.5 it's getting worse we are we are not going up when it comes to these movies so far yeah well we have we have a decent movie next week and then a pretty good movie the week after that's true we have okay. go ahead. Oh, okay. we'll get to that in a second yeah go well let's finish these scores up. So, two so, point, you said so 3.5 for the 2005 2003 i keep making the same mistake i'm gonna keep yep. that in because yeah that's fine no editing 
and uh 2.5 for the mcu version of Ooh, 2.5 is so low and i'm i'm really close to agreeing with you okay so i'm definitely 2003 because i didn't rewatch it but i know of it and i do like the scenes and the directing is kind of cool and it's different it's got to be higher than 2008 so i'll say 3.5 because it's very interesting, at least, and it's not anything that I like totally love, but 3.5, which means it puts it on par with Iron Man 2. It's better than that, though. Or is it, though? Because some of those scenes are really messy and terrible. Okay, never mind. It's 3.5. I've said it. 2008. Two. Fucking two. All right. It's like not fun or good. And I don't like, I didn't like anything about it, really. The only thing I liked was, I don't think I, I don't think I liked anything. I liked the scenes, like you said, in the beginning in Brazil. It's cool to look at. Edward Norton wasn't believable. Liv Tyler was Liv Tyler. The action scenes were silly. I could have just done it this at the beginning and saved us the whole time. <laughs> the end. One, the end. Yeah, one minute and a half. Two. Five. Giving it a two. All right. Good Lord. We got to get better. What's our next ones? We Next week is Thor. The original Thor. The original Thor. I, that's not with Natalie Portman, right? That is, yeah, Natalie Portman's in it. Oh, yeah. that is. Then I like that movie. Okay, good. Yeah. I will. I'm excited to rewatch that one. Is that on and Disney Plus? That Yeah, from that one, I think everything's on Disney Plus. Okay, Disney Plus, Thor, done. Thor 2011, Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston. I mean, to Anthony Hopkins, right? Just, just getting to hang out with Loki is going to be a good time. Oh, wait, and also doesn't uh, one of the, the girl from WandaVision show up in that, I think? She does. Kat Jennings is in yeah. the So, And then the week after that, we get Avengers. The original. Yeah. Wow, this is going to be fun. Okay. So we we have, I think we've hit our bottom. <laughs> I'm not saying we're not going to hit another bottom because we have to get through Thor the Dark World, but I don't think we're going to hit a two again. Thor the Dark World is, I don't think, as bad as you remember. Good. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I'm looking forward to watching Thor this week. All right. I'm going to get on Thor. Um, I'm excited. And hopefully you all listening are excited too. By the way, sometimes the low point is the funniest point. So maybe this episode was great. Got this hero's bag on it. Carlos, where can people find you? YouTube.com slash a lot of things. And your podcasts are? Uh, there too. Just go to YouTube.com slash a lot of things. Okay. Everything's there. A podcast, videos. I talk about games and I do comedy. Thanks. Talk to you for next week's show. All right. I'm going to go watch Thor. Okay. Bye. Oh, thank you.